You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. All right, so let me do a recap. And uh, I, don't, I don't do recaps like this. I did a little bit last week, and I want to do again this week because I want us to remember some things about where we're going. Okay, so we started off first week talking about impact. Okay, so we talked about impact, and we talked about how as the church, you know, the followers of Christ, Jesus had a higher aim for us than just having some influence, than just, you know, maybe kind of putting some influence into somebody's life or just sharing a little bit. He, he intended that we uh, not just do it, but that we have the ability to, the, the power to actually have lasting impact on other people's lives. And we talked about how that can begin right here on Sunday morning. I mean, sometimes we come to church, we think we're sitting in the middle of a crowd of perfect people, okay? And uh, one of the things I did, you remember, I asked the question, I want, I'm going to introduce the perfect people to you today. Y'all remember when, when I did that that Sunday morning? And, you know, and, and, you know, I played with that for a few minutes, and then I said, you know, nobody in this room thought I was going to introduce them. There are no perfect people in this room. Nobody has the perfect life. That's not the way it is. You're surrounded by hurting people. Right now, where you're sitting, you are surrounded by people whose lives uh, have problems, who have issues. Their, their marriages aren't perfect. Their kids aren't perfect. Their finances aren't perfect. Things aren't going well in some area of their life. That's the people around you. So you can sit there and say, oh, wow, we're all in the same boat and, and just kind of feel sorry for everybody. Or you can say, I'm going to do something about that. Jesus Christ created me to have lasting impact, and that can start right here. I'm going to have impact on someone today before they leave this room. And I believe God has, has put that in you to do that today. We have something, and I, I, I'm going to go ahead and give this commercial again for the five-minute rule, all right? We have something we do at the end of every service. There's a five-minute countdown goes up on the screen because we encourage you for the first five minutes after service is over, talk to people that you're not going to see or talk to the rest of the week. And in doing that, what you're going to do is you're going to have the opportunity to share and, and impact someone's life that you probably would not have ever impacted if you just kind of got over with the crowd that you're going to see the rest of the week anyway. So we encourage you to do that. And so we, we've had all that last week. We talked about actually impacting our communities. And uh, we use the plural in that because we don't just have a community. We all have multiple communities where we live, where we go to school, or we work, and, and where we, uh, you know, where we do our recreation. You know, our kids play ball or those kinds of things. Or, or you know, some of you work out. Not all of us, obviously. You know, but some of you work out. Those, we all have many communities. And so we talked about how we could impact our communities. And this past week, this past Thursday night, we made a huge impact in our community. We got some uh, pictures to, to share with you. For those of you who weren't here, yeah, that's, that's a picture of right there where you're sitting. Uh, and that was, that's just a few of the people because they were scattered all over the building. Actually, at one point, they told me the line to get in the building was all the way through the parking lot outside. And uh, I, I know that we... Uh, I know that we bought 2,000 hot dogs, 2,000 Winnies, you know, and I think, they, I, I, I think they all got gone. I think we just gave some away at the very end because we just couldn't get them cooked, cooked any faster. And so I, everybody worked hard. Lots of people worked hard, but I, I do want to give one little shout-out to the hot dog crew because they worked from early. I mean, they were here 30, 45 minutes early. I just want to say, and they worked until the last minute wrapping those hot dogs 
I asked a few of them this morning had they had a hot dog since Thursday night. And <laughs> they said they didn't want to they didn't see another hot dog for a while. You know, but just that. And, you know, all those things going on, all, 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 the, all the excitement. And uh, there, there you see some of our hot dogs wrapped up and everything. Getting to connect, getting to touch people. I, I enjoyed it, you know, every time somebody gave me an errand to do or something, I walk in the hall and headed somewhere just talking to kids. Lo- loved asking kids, see a kid with, a, with uh, all that candy in their, in their bag and ask if they had any to share. And you know what? I didn't have one single kid say, sure. <laughs> they all said, no. <laughs> you know, every one of them was like, no. No, they didn't have any candy to share. Uh, uh, one of them had a Coke or several of them had a Coke and, and they didn't have it open yet. I said, you're not going to drink that? And, and they said, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's nothing to share. And it's just, it's just wonderful to get the opportunity to connect with them and people just saying thank you on the way out. But you know what? It wasn't a perfect event. And I, I, want, I want to throw this at you because uh, this is just right in the middle of this. It wasn't a perfect event. We, we had the curve thrown a, at us that it was going to rain all week leading up to this. Now, that night it was fairly clear outside, but it was frigid cold, and the ground out there where we normally do it was soaking wet. And the Civic Center didn't want us to do it out there because of how much we would have probably messed that, that ground up and also then tracked a lot of it in here, you know, while we were uh, people coming in to use the restrooms. And so uh, we, it wasn't perfect. We had to move inside. And uh, to me, the, the, the scary thing for me was not that we couldn't find a place to put the inflatables, not that we couldn't find a place to set up for popcorn, cotton candy, hot dogs, all that kind of stuff, and, and, and the candy, but that we wouldn't be able to handle the crowd. And uh, there were a couple of times that, like I said, the crowd was out the door, you know, and we, and we ran out of hot dogs. We do that every year. We ran out of drinks. Do that every year. We ran out of candy. Do that every year. You know, uh, we didn't run out of cotton candy or run out of popcorn, but the cotton candy just got so it's just hard to make the cotton candy and as fast as people want it. And so sometimes, you know, I look back and I think, man, did we put our best foot forward? And I actually thought because of the crowd that we have running out of the candy and some of that, I, I was actually thinking Thursday night, maybe because we had to move it inside, we should have just canceled. Maybe we should not have done, even tried to do it, you know, because because maybe it would have just been better if we'd have waited and done it a different time. I actually thought that Thursday night. And then I rethought through the thing, and I started thinking about the people that I met. And I believe this because of the way that I, I try to get around and connect with people throughout the whole building at times, you know. And, and I really believe that this year we fed more people a hot dog that actually needed a hot dog that night than we ever have since we moved to Gardendale. We really felt like that when we, when we did it one year, uh, when we did it in a remote location, that we fed a lot of kids that would have gone to bed hungry. I believe this past week, this past Thursday night, we fed more people a hot dog that needed a hot dog. I saw some kids had two hot dogs in, in their, in their uh, candy bucket. You know, and it's like, they had two, and somebody else did. You know, y'all were having to go buy more. I said, yeah, and if that kid needs two hot dogs to go home with him so he's got a meal before he goes to bed, give him four. You know, and, and I thought, ab- absolutely. You know, may- maybe, maybe, maybe there were a couple of negatives. Maybe somebody, you know, uh, maybe somebody didn't like the huge crowds or the whatever, but I, I like what the, uh, well, I, w- I won't say who said this, but somebody, so, it's actually somebody, not one of us, that said, well, hey, it's free. They shouldn't complain about anything, right? You know, it's free. You can't complain. You know, the, it didn't cost them anything for it. But, you know, but people will still complain. Sometimes I say, oh, did we put our best foot forward? And you know what? I want us to always put our best foot forward. I want us to always have a spirit of excellence. But you know what's the most important thing is that we touch lives. 
And if we sent, if we sent some kids home with a, with a full stomach that the only thing they would have gotten that night was the candy that they could have gotten on the street somewhere, then we touched lives that night. And it reminded me of the scripture from Matthew 25, verse 40. And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. And Jesus is speaking right here. You know who he's talking about? He's talking about this fictitious king and a little, little quick story he made up, but he's talking about himself. He's making up a story about the kingdom of God, and he's the king. So he's talking about himself. You know what he says? He says, when you feed one of these little ones, you're feeding me. When you take care of one of these little ones, you're taking care of me. When you're touching one of these little ones, you're touching me. When you're showing love to one of these little ones, you're showing love to me. So those of you who still have the smell of hot dogs in your fingers, uh, on your fingers, or you still have a little bit of cotton candy stuck in your hair. Did we get one of those pictures? I don't know. But if you still got cotton candy in your hair, to those, I just want you to know, if you did it to one of the least of these, you did it unto Jesus. And that's what it's about. That's what it's about. That, I mean, that was, tr that was true serving. We get that kind of opportunity all, all year long at 2911, but that's our big one. It was this past Thursday night. And so I just want to say a big, again, thank you to, thank you to being the church that we say we are. It's not enough to say you are. Thank you for being the church that we say we are. So what do we do? So this morning we celebrate. I mean, Pastor, celebrate. That's what I, I'm celebrating right now, what we did. I'm celebrating. And, uh, and the people of the community, they, they appreciated that. I'm celebrating. So we celebrate that, and then we push forward. So where do we go next? We've talked about impact. We've talked about how impact can start right here. We've talked about impacting our community. So where do we go next with this? Well, let's look. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 gives us a good clue, right? And uh, Jesus tells his disciples as he's about to leave this earth, he says, You'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, if, if you don't know the, know the map, here's the way it looked. Jerusalem and then Judea was, you know, like Jerusalem was part of that, and Samaria was around that too. So, so it's like Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth, the ends of the earth. So he was saying, just keep spreading out. So that's what we're going to do this morning with our sermon. Okay, so we started with, it can start right here. And then let's impact our communities. But he intended that we could have lasting impact, not just here, but to the ends of the earth. Yeah, you. You. Not just missionaries. Not just, not just people who have been called to give up everything in their life, to, to sell everything and move to another country. You can have lasting impact to the ends of the earth. So here's a couple of questions for you as, as we finally get into today's message, okay? Because everything's kind of been set up for this, right? A couple of questions for today. Who needs me that I don't even know? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Who needs me that I don't even know? I don't even know them. Who needs me? Who needs me that I don't know? And, and how can I minister to people that I don't even know? I mean, because one of the problems is if we don't know them, we don't know what their needs are. And one of the problems is if we don't know them, we're not even paying attention to them, right? If we've not met them, we're not paying attention to them. But the signs are out there. The, the need is out there. The cry for the, the, the hunger pains of whatever this world needs, it's out there. And even though we don't know them, we can still hear that. Now, it's really easy to to sacrifice for people you know, like your family. Really easy, you know. As a matter of fact, you know, when, when it's family, it's not really sacrifice, is it? You know, if it's your kids, it's really your responsibility. And if it's your parents, it's your responsibility. You know, if you've if you got needs in your family and you sacrifice for them, that's easy. 
But, here's the second question, am I just as ready to sacrifice or help those who will never do anything for me? Am I just as ready and willing to sacrifice and help those who do nothing for us? So here, here's today's sermon title, finally about 10 minutes in, right? Impacting those who can do nothing for me. Impacting those who can do nothing for me. That's, what, that, that's, the, that's the progression of where we're going with this, right? We started right here, and we're just branching out to our communities now. Let's reach out to someone who can do nothing for me. You have that kind of a heart? Yeah, you do. If you're a Christian, you do because that, that was the heart of Christ. It's been birthed inside of you. It's there. And if it's gotten covered up by all the stuff of life, dig it out. I mean, this, this culture we live in here in the United States of America, I mean, it, it, covers, it covers us up. It covers that, that heart of sacrifice up with a lot of stuff, with all the things that we're supposed to do, with the things that we're supposed to own, and the, and the things that we're supposed to you know, pay for, and all those kinds of things. And uncover, uncover that, that heart that is there and see it again. You got, you got scripture for that, Pastor? Absolutely. When I preach anything I didn't have scripture for, I would try not to. Okay, but here's, here's just some scripture, just a few, and, and uh, all of these are on the, uh, on the sermon notes page, uh, they're on, on the, the, um, the connect page, and I really wanted to give you the whole chapter, chapter 8 and 9 uh, of uh, 2 Corinthians, but I just, I just pulled out a few verses right here from Romans in these two chapters, okay? Let, let's read this together. Paul is writing, and he says, the belie- he's writing to the church at Rome, and he says, the believers in Macedonia and Achaia have eagerly taken up an offering for the poor among the believers in Jerusalem. Now think about this. This is people, this is people in Macedonia who have taken up an offering for the poor people in Jerusalem where the church was birthed and born. They were glad to do this because they feel they owe a, ro- a real debt to them since the Gentiles received the spiritual blessings of the good news from the believers in Jerusalem. They feel the least they can do in return is to help them financially because they had heard that a lot of the Christians in, in Jerusalem were under persecution and, and they were like maybe losing their jobs. They didn't have, have everything they needed financially, so that's why they wanted to do this. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 8. He's writing now to the church in Corinth, and he says, Since you excel in so many ways, and then he lists them for you, and I didn't have room for all that. That's why there's just a dot, 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 okay? He says, Since you excel in in this way, this way, this way, and this way, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. I am not commanding you to do this, but I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. He said, I'm not commanding you to do this, but man, I'm really digging at you if you don't do it. All these other churches are doing it, so you better do it too, right? I mean, he, he didn't command them to do it, but he all but did, right? I mean, he's twisting their arm pretty good. And then in chapter 9, this, again, just selected verses, he says, I really don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem, like up there in Romans, for I know how eager you are to help. In fact, it was your enthusiasm. Look at this. He says, it was your enthusiasm, you guys, the church at Corinth, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. Look, look at what he's saying here. He said the, the Macedonians decided they wanted to give something to Jerusalem. Where did that begin? It didn't begin in Macedonia. It began in, in Corinth, but then the Macedonians took up, a, it, it appears, an even bigger and better offering than the ones in Corinth took up. And so it was, it was a snowball effect because these did something. They lit a fire under someone else. That you, you sometimes, you may think that, well, I can't do very much, but do what you can because you don't know. You may light a fire under somebody else. I, I've, I've 
pastored quite a few churches and sometimes pastoring the smallest church I felt like I couldn't do very much but sometimes when we tried to do something then I'd see another another church get it and a bigger church they said man yeah we can do that and they jump in they start doing something and an even greater miracle happens because they were able to do more than I could do or our church could do and that happens that, that happened there and it'll happen with you too is you never never should underestimate the power of what God has given you to do the, the last part there it's, so two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. So two good things happen when you give. The needs are met, and people say, thank, thank God for it. Praise goes up. Worship goes up. Glorify, they glorify God because of this. So never underestimate the amount of your impact because what you, what you do by giving in that way and doing those kinds of things. And we're, let's not just talk about money here. Let's talk about the serving that we're doing. Because what you did Thursday night caused people to say and realize that that was the love of Christ that was in our church that made us want to do something free for the community. To feed some kids that we're not going to have food that night. And to touch community, to give, I think the way we normally describe this, this event is, is to give over busy parents an hour time an excuse of something free to do with their kids to have just a little bit of time with their families and that's because of the heart of Christ and we call people's attention to that when we do those kinds of things and so two things actually happen okay so let's talk a little bit about and we talked a couple of weeks ago about maturity let's talk a little bit about the maturity and maturity and selflessness because becoming like Christ is, who was totally selfless Everything he did was for someone else. Everything he did was for someone else. How do you get there? It doesn't just happen overnight. There is a process to it. There is a progression in growing selfless, okay? So here's, here's step one. Step one, because it's the right thing to do. You know, normally, that's what we teach our kids, right? We just make our kids do the stuff, and they do it because they have to do it. You know, it's kind of, okay, it's the right thing to do, so I have to do it. And that's the way most of us begin when we begin giving or serving or whatever. We do it because, okay, yeah, I know I need to be doing this. I know I need to give an offering, or I know I need to go down and help. I know I need to be part of a serve project in the summer. I know I need to be part of the team at the Great Pumpkin Bash. And so we do it because it has to be done. It's the right thing to do, right? That's the way most of us begin with everything. But if we're going to become like Christ, there's a progression that's supposed to take place a process so the second step of this so we begin to kind of you get to a place before you realize it's a rewarding thing to do it's rewarding to do those kinds of things I mean our, our 11 year old granddaughter after she kind of jumped around and and had a hot dog and everything else she went down went down to where David was helping with popcorn and she stood the rest of the night helping fill little bags of popcorn and handing them out because you know what she began, she also realized is it, it's fun to hand somebody a free something and for them to smile back at you that's fun that's rewarding you know and to have somebody walk out the door and say man thank you guys for putting this event on for us it was cold outside I don't want to take my kids down up and down the streets to, you know to get a little candy or something like that thank you for doing this for us and it's, it's, it's rewarding to get there. Or, or, or you and I, we, we adults, we grow up and we, we think we move on past this. We're doing the same thing because we talk about sowing and reaping, right? And we know that when we sow, we reap. We're doing it because it's rewarding to do. It's the rewarding thing to do. When you, when, when you give, you get back. When you bless, you are blessed. And so, and, and we, we recognize that. And, you know, that is a step toward the selflessness maturity that we all need to get to, but it's not quite there yet. 
Some of you may think, man, I, I've arrived because I'm at that place. I understand the sowing and reaping, and I, and I give because I know I'm blessed. But there's another reason to give that's deeper than that. And, and Jesus didn't give his life just so that he could get something back from us. There's a selflessness in it. And, and the third one is because it's the only thing to do. When you realize people are hurting, and I cannot sit here without helping. That somebody's hungry, and I cannot sit and eat my roast beef and potatoes on Sunday afternoon and not do something. When, when, when I realize that, that little kids are being abused, and, and, and I, I, can't just, I can't just take care of my family, I realize i got to do something about that. That uh, it's, it's more than just, I'm going to sow so I can reap. Because I, I, I get pleasure out of just seeing other people blessed. That people are hurting, and I have to do something. We have to do something about it. That we've, we've, we've got to go somewhere. We've got to do something about this. Something's got to happen. Something's got to change. Something, something's, got to, something, something's got to be done. I can't sleep at night without thinking about this. That's the selflessness that Jesus Christ had because you remember what he said the night before he died? If you, if you know the story of, of his prayer to God, he said, if there's any other way, let this pass from me. Let me not have to go to the cross. But you know what he said? If this is the way, if this is the only thing to do, then I'm ready to go. And it was the only thing to do. And so he did it. And he did that for me and you. And so now what is it that we need to be doing for him? We made some changes. Is my next one about Billy Graham? Just make sure I'm, I'm staying on line right here. Okay, yes, okay. Make sure I'm set. We made some changes, and I just want to make sure I was still in the right place. Billy Graham was once asked this. He was once asked, is Christianity really valid because if you look around all the evil in the world, how could Christianity be valid with all the evil in the world? And he said this, with so much soap in the world, why are there so many dirty people in the world? Christianity like soap must be personally applied if it is to make a difference in our lives. Just because it's there doesn't mean it changes things. Just because there's a church doesn't mean the community has changed. Is everybody listening? 2911, you listening? Just because there's a church doesn't mean the community will change. Just because we meet on Sunday morning does not mean the community will change. Just because we have small groups does not mean community will change. Just because we have a kid's church does not mean the community will change. It has to be applied. And until people start applying it themselves, then we got to get the soap out and do our best to shower them down the best we can, right? With the love of Jesus Christ and what we can with them. It, 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 kind of in this way, but let, let, me, let, me give you, let me give you some stats and uh, because it's not just an abundance of soap that we have. 75% of the Earth's surface is water, but 790 million people in this world, is the estimate, do not have clean water to drink. How is that? 75% of the Earth's surface is covered with water. There's plenty of water, right? There's plenty of food, yet every second a person dies of hunger. It's been said, and probably so, that we throw enough food away in this one country to feed every hungry person in the world. Yet every second someone dies of hunger in the world. 
939,000 Facebook posts and comments are made every minute. Almost a million every single minute. Yet people are still lonely. Maybe that's why there's so many of them. But with all that going on, all the social media, all the friends that we have, yet people are still lonely. The self-help industry is worth $11 billion, but people still have problems. There are over 50,000 marriage counselors and therapists in this country alone, and people are still getting divorced. There are over 14,000 drug rehab and treatment facilities, but people are still addicted. It's out there. But until people actually take it and start doing something with it and applying it, and that doesn't just go for the ones who need it, that also goes for the ones who have it. We have it. And, we, and, and, and if we've got water and someone over there is thirsty, it's not enough to just say, hey, I got water, they need to come over here and drink. I need to carry some water. I need to carry some water. If, if, if I've got something to eat and, and I've got plenty, then, then I, I need to have a heart inside of me that doesn't just say, well, if they had come, but to say, what can I do to get it to them? It's not, it's not enough that there is soap in the world, but the soap has to be applied. And if they're, if they're not in a place where they know how or that they can get it to themselves, then we've got to find a way to get it to them. If they're thirsty, if they're, if they're hungry, if their marriages are falling apart, if they're, if they're addicted, whatever the problems are, you and I can't sit here and say, hey, we got it. We've got to say, wait a minute, we've got it. And now we've got to do something with it. We've got to find a way to help. Okay, listen. Thanksgiving and Christmas are right around the corner, right? Y'all know that, right? I mean, it's November, so now all of a sudden, now we get in that, in that holiday mode. You know, Thanksgiving and Christmas right around the corner. And we are going to spend too much money, especially on our kids. Somebody say amen. Oh, y'all know better than that. Come on. We're going to spend too much money on our kids, amen? And we're going to spend even more on our grandkids. Can I get an amen from the grandparents in here? And we're going to eat too much. Anybody? And some of you are going to decorate too much. And some of you are going to decorate too early. Okay? Right? You know, you're mixing your pumpkins and your Christmas trees, and that just ain't right. Right? There you go. Come on. I'm preaching now. No, I'm meddling, really. <laughs> All right. So we're going to still do that. There are going to be plenty of commercials to remind us to eat too much, spend too much, decorate too much. Amen? That's why 2911 doesn't need to tell you to eat too much or spend too much or decorate too much. We don't need to tell you that. That's why we need to keep telling you, focus outward. You've got plenty of things out there telling you to focus inward. That's why 2911 says focus outward. Don't forget to focus outward. Yes, Spend too much on your kids. Love them more than, than you can. Yeah, go ahead and eat and enjoy what God has given you. Yes, and decorate and celebrate and all that. Yes, do that. But don't forget, you've got to do the balance. Is You've got to also be looking outward. So, so let, let me, let me, let me throw, I, I like doing this when we get a chance, and so I'm going to do this as quick as I can. And uh, they didn't start my clock today, so I have no idea how long I've been preaching. So y'all are in trouble now. <laughs> all right, so, so let, me, let, me, let me give you some suggestions, all right? And I'm hoping, I'm hoping a few of these just dig at you and say, I've got to do that. 
All right, let's go. Next, next, there you go. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is coming right up, and we have a, we have something we're working on for Thanksgiving. And if you want to help us feed some feed some needy families for Thanksgiving, look for the announcements. They're coming in the next couple of weeks because Thanksgiving is just uh, three weeks, three and a half weeks away. Okay, so look for the announcements that are coming up. Remember the homeless during this time. You know what? Homeless aren't having Thanksgiving dinner around a table. They don't have a home. They don't have a table. You know, uh, one of the best places I, I know of locally to give is Jimmy Hill Mission. For, for uh, you know, for 20 bucks, you can feed 10 people a homeless meal. And you, know, might, you might say, well, they'd have probably fed them anyway. Yeah, but if you, spend, if you give them 20 bucks, you're the ones who fed those 10 people. So you've got to look at it in different They ought to find a way to feed those 10 people. Yeah, but I want to be the one that feeds those 10 people. I want to do that. I, I can't sit here and enjoy what I'm doing. And then uh, Lexi has uh, gotten connected with a ministry, restoration ministries, and, and they've got a drive going on right now. It may sound really crazy to you. It may, it may sound really crazy to you. They've got a drive going on right now for underwear for the homeless. You might think about all the stuff that they need, never think about that kind of a thing. And so, here, so here's a couple of things. If you'll go to the sermon notes, okay, on the Connect page, there's a link to Jimmy Hill Mission where you can give 20 bucks there if you want to feed 10 people for Thanksgiving this year. And, uh, and, then, and you can connect with Lexi right here today. Lexi, you know, she did the navigation right before I came out on stage. You know, Lexi, and just see her after church if you want to ask her a question or next week or whatever as they're trying to get that, okay? Or, or uh, those trapped in the sex trade. You know, we, we forget about them. They're not going home for Thanksgiving either or Christmas or New Year's and uh, recent events have highlighted this is actually happening in our area we've had people in our church that were targeted and because of divine intervention they were not they were not kidnapped and taken into sex into the sex trade I, I, I could give you a name if, if it wasn't if it wasn't for just confidentiality this is real. And these people are not going home for Christmas. You can give to A21. That's a ministry that actually rescues people out of the drug, out of the uh, sex trade. You can give something like, and, and I mean, if, if you forget any of these, they're, they're right there on the Connect page, okay? Uh, in the sermon notes, all the links to this. Pray earnestly over Amber Alerts. You ever get an Amber Alert and, and then you look down and say, oh, well, that's in another state. You know, I know that they're sending that out to people for, so that we can look for the, the truck that they were in or something like that. That's not the way I take it, though. I get one. I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to pray. I, I see that Amber Alert is not being, not being from the county sheriff or whoever sent it out. I see it being from God. It's time for me to pray. There's a little girl, there's a little boy out there that's been taken. I don't know what's happening to them. God, you've got to go be with them. I see that as an Amber Alert sent from heaven that I've got I to pray about it. It doesn't matter what state they're in. It doesn't matter what country they're in. I find out that thing's kind of going on. I've I got to stop right there. I, I, I've told you that before. As a pastor, I get one of those. I, I have to stop and pray, even right there. Whatever I've got going on, I've got to stop and pray for them. And we need to. Don't forget. Don't forget those kinds of, th those kind of things and opportunities. Do something for disaster victims. It's, it's really easy. Uh, Cliff can tell you. It's really easy because, you know, the, the first, first couple of weeks after a disaster, everybody's giving, man, they got more stuff. I mean, they're wasting more stuff than we can give a lot of times and, and because they just can't handle all of it. And then after, a couple of weeks after, nobody remembers anymore. You know, and I always think about that around funeral time is that that's the way we do. We, we, after the funeral, we think it's all over because the body's in the grave. It's not over for the family. 
And for those families that have been displaced by hurricanes, tornadoes, or, or fires, or whatever in this country or some other country, uh, when that happens, it's not over after we get them enough water and food and groceries and, uh, and clothes. It's not over. So what can you do? Here's, here's, here's a suggestion for you. My cousin, who meets us every, every uh, Halloween, he actually brings his stuff in and does the grilling. The, the reason he's able to do that, grill all those hot dogs for us, is because he has a ministry that he goes in and he feeds the displaced people in disaster areas like this and also the responders that have gone in to help uh, he feeds them I remember there was one of the one of the hurricanes that he went uh, and, and they went to four different military bases because the military was helping so they went to four different military bases and fed and fed uh, the, those guys as they were going in and helping guys and ladies as they were going in and helping and so he comes every week this this past Thursday Halloween we buried his mom that morning and then he was here grilling 2,000 hot dogs so that we could touch that many lives in Gardendale and if you would like to do something in disaster relief I think that would be a great place and his contact information is right there on the connect page as well um, bless and reach into third world countries uh, I, 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 I gotta hurry I, gotta, I can't preach all these I gotta, I gotta I gotta just say this and go on but in, in the third, in not just the third world countries, but because that's where the need seems to be the greatest. And we have several ministries that we, we reach out to and we help throughout the year. And, uh, you know, and if you've got one, we'd be glad to entertain helping them as well. But there's a, I've mentioned this to you, there's a missions trip being planned for next year to Romania. And uh, there's an interest meeting, I think two weeks from today. And uh, so if, you, if you'd like, like more information about that, again, go right here and, and find that out or ask someone after church. Pray for persecuted Christians. All right, now, see, now, I said I'm going to try to hurry, and now I get right here. We think that ended when the wall came down in Berlin, that, the, that Russia was the only, only country that was persecuting, that the Eastern Bloc was the only country that was persecuting Christians. Over 2,500 Christians were killed in northern Nigeria alone last year because of their faith over 2,500 in the northern half of one country. Over 2,500. You know how many that is? That is everybody in this room right now and about 12 more rooms just like this that were killed last year. And we, but we act like it's not happening. It's happening. People are being imprisoned. People are being tortured. And people are being executed because of their faith in Christ. And the least we can do, if we can't help them, we can pray for them. We can keep them on our mind and we can remember most of them can't even dream of having as much blessing in their life as we have in our life. And we need to remember that they are there. And uh, Open Doors, opendoorsusa.com, um, and you can, again, the link's there if you forget what that is. They, they, are, they are the people, I think, to really help you keep up if you're interested in knowing about that. Um, and then we have Royal Chicks Operation Christmas Blessing. Most of that's done. They've got just a couple of other little things I think they've got to do before they do this. This is the, this is the outreach uh, that we do here locally for families that have needs and buying toys for Christmas for their kids and things. And, and uh, uh, how, how many was it last year? How many was it last year? I forget how many it was last year. Regina yelled it out. How many? Say it again. Thank you, 27, 27 kids that we helped last year, bought right here. And so if you'd like to help with that, uh, 
you can text, te I think the link is there, and if you just want to go there. And here's, here's the last one I'll throw at you, is the Kentucky Christmas Blessing. Okay, this is the first announcement of this for this year, okay? And we've done this, I think this is our fourth year. We connected with this uh, pastor and his wife, Larry and Linda Woodson. Larry passed away a year and a half ago, and uh, his, his wife and his daughters, and then also the people from his church, and he also had a board over this ministry. They've continued this. Go ahead and start playing the, the video. And uh, this is what they do. Every year they pick one of the poorest communities in, in Kentucky, and they go up and they take as much stuff as they can. They set it up in the gymnasium on, uh, on Friday, and then on Saturday uh, they open the doors and people line up early, and the kids get to come in and just shop for free to pick out something. And we've been doing this. I think this is our fourth year that we've partnered with them doing this. And so it, this takes a lot of churches to have that much stuff. As you, see, as you saw pictures of all the stuff that is there. And uh, Larry and Linda began this when they just filled their trunk up one day and they drove up and just found a community, a place that was hurting, and they just pulled off on the side of the road and they just started giving out toys. That's how it began uh, about th almost 30 years ago, I believe it was, when that began. And it's grown into this, that every single year, this year they're going to Harlan, Kentucky. And some of you, several of you have asked about going. They would love to have you come, go up, get there on a Thursday night so you could be there first thing Friday morning to help set up and actually help hand out to the kids. And they get to pray with people. I mean, they don't make any bones about it. I mean, they are a Christian organization, and every year they have 150-plus give their heart and life to Jesus as they go into these communities because they're showing the love of Christ that is there. If you'd like to go, then uh, ask us. Or the, the information is there also on the Connect page. But I'd really in, encourage all of you to get involved as far as buying something. This is Larry's, Larry's dream was that every kid, wherever they went, every kid would ha walk out the door with a bicycle he just he just you know he just had that grandfather attitude that every kid needs a bicycle at christmas you know and uh but they need more than just bicycles a kid doesn't want to walk out the door with just a bicycle little girls want to have a doll or little boys want to have a truck or, or or something you know so so any any gift you buy will be good and on december the first what we're going to do and if you're out of town that weekend Okay, then, then bring it the week before. But on December the 1st, we'll bring all of them here together, put them here in front of the stage so that we can pray over them that morning in service. And we're going to box them up to get them shipped uh, over into Georgia where then they go, then they go uh, starting Monday and Tuesday, they'll start going to Harlan, Kentucky. So uh, about, about four weeks from today is when uh, you do that. And, and set aside some money or go buy something, look for some sales or those kinds of things. If you find a sale, man, post, post it on Facebook, you know, and let us know so that everybody can go and buy a bunch of stuff and let's do everything we can. Okay, okay, I, 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 I tried and I've, I've spent a lot of time. Let me read you one quote from uh, Carrie Newhall and we'll close right here. Authentic Christianity is more about what we give than what we get. Can I get an amen? Or can carry new off get an amen. Our giving doesn't earn us our salvation, of course, but it's a joyful response to a God who gave everything for us. Christians should be the most generous and selfless people on the planet. Sadly, we're often known as the stingiest and most selfish. Ask any non-Christian who's worked at a restaurant. Somebody say, "Ouch." The gospel calls us to die to ourselves so that others may live. Yes, and to put something bigger than ourselves above ourselves. If you give your life away, you find it. And when you die to yourself, something greater rises. Because when anything dies, 
That's the opportunity for the seed to grow into something greater. Amen. You, this is what you and I were called to. And he's paraphrasing some scripture right there. You know, some of you say, well, that's not brand new. No, that's not brand new. But it was good the way he said it. And I wanted to close with that this morning. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.